On today's episode of Locked On NHL, we've got a trade to announce. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked on NHL Western Conference Tuesdays. I am Brad Holden from Locked on NHL, Locked on Oilers and Locked on NHL, I guess, but from Locked on Oilers and joining me, of course, as always on every Tuesday, Dane Lewis from Locked on Stars. Dane, how's it going? Uh, it's going great. My camera works this week, so we're already off to a, a better start than we were at this point seven days ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you can ask for, eh? Progress. That's all you can ask That's right. for. S- speaking of progress, Vancouver Canucks rebuild, or depending on who you ask, retool, is making some progress as yesterday, the Vancouver Canucks have made a trade, sending Bo Horvat to the New York Islanders. We will talk about that trade in just a second. But also on today's episode, we're going to make another trade, at least make the case for the next Western Conference superstar to be traded. Who will it be and where will they go and why should they get traded? That's coming up a little later. And to wrap up today's episode, the Winnipeg Jets get a massive win against the St. Louis Blues last night. But there may be some Blues roaming around in Winnipeg. We will talk about that and so much more on today's episode of Locked on NHL. Thank you for making Locked on NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you find your podcast. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked on. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Dane, where we are going to get started is where the silly season is getting started with a trade. The Vancouver Canucks have made... I guess technically their second move after uh, 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 sending off Bruce Boudreaux and only the most beautiful way possible last week. But uh, they have made their second big move in sending Bo Horvat to the New York Islanders in exchange for Anthony Beauvillier, Atu Ratu, and a first-round pick. Dane, initial thoughts to this deal. Yeah, it's a, a move that I I was expecting Horvat to get traded and likely to an Eastern Conference team, a, a powerhouse type team, if you will. And so I was a little bit surprised to see that he was going to the Islanders, which we don't talk about the Islanders here on, on Tuesdays because they're not in the Western Conference. So that's a, you know, a different discussion for a different day, maybe a, an Eastern Conference episode, but not a trade I was expecting. And it really just kind of felt random too. I, I had actually just finished recording a, a Locked on Stars episode and was you know doing some stuff on Twitter, getting the you know the socials, the thumbnail, the post for the next day, and Twitter's just exploding because of this big deal. And yeah, I mean, say what you want about the Canucks, they're they're not very relevant in terms of standing or points or playoff projections, but they've done a good job at staying in the news cycle throughout the entirety of the season with Bruce Boudreau. Uh, they re-signed Andre Kuzmenko, and now they've made this move, and it, it seems like a, a pretty decent trade for both sides. The Islanders get 
uh, a top six player that can maybe boost them up in the standings. And it, it seems initially like a decent return for the Canucks, who I imagine this won't be the last move that they make. Uh, they could maybe make a few other moves here and try to acquire either more prospects or maybe some more draft picks. But it, it seems like a pretty even trade uh, initially uh, afterwards. Well, and I think you say the important part, and that is initially. We shall see long-term how this goes now, just to shore up a little a loose end here. The first-round pick is a 2023 first-round pick, but it is top 12 protected so it seems like maybe the nhl may have learned from the florida panthers mistake maybe a draft too late either way this is a little bit of a longer term deal and as it should be for the vancouver canucks anthony bavilia so far this year in 49 games nine goals 11 assists 20 points top six guy you mentioned he's not a guy who's going to fill up uh, the score sheet but the guy that I'm really excited to see and see where this goes is Aturatu. Aturatu was a top three projected pick going into his draft year in 2021. That didn't end up happening. Ended up falling quite a ways down the uh, draft board. In fact, he ended up getting selected 52nd overall. And a lot of people were going, oh, this is a pretty big steal for the New York Islanders, again, this is a guy, yes, in his, his draft year, saw a little bit of a regression when it came to points, but again, you have to think about the fact that he was playing against full-on adults for the first time. Then goes down to uh, Bridgeport in the AHL for the Islanders, has a very solid uh, season, or at least very solid start to his professional uh, career, gets some time with the Islanders in the NHL this year, and now he will will be sent to uh, Vancouver's AHL team in Abbotsford. What do you kind of make of the Aturati uh, inclusion in this deal? Because this is kind of now setting the market for the rest of the trades, for the rest of this trade season. That is a player, a pick, and a prospect right there. What do you make of the prospect that they get in this deal? Yeah, I think it's a, a pretty big deal. And that, like you said, that a lot of people think that this player was potentially a steal for the Islanders. And there, there appears to be a lot of upside for a player like Ratu. And so I think that that, you know, sets the bar pretty high for some other trades that, you know, other teams can can maybe squeeze a little bit more in terms of returns for a star player or, you know, some sort of package deal potentially with, you know, that move being made. It seems like the Canucks, like you said, they covered all the bases. They got a guy that can play in the NHL, a guy that. You know, it's going to be at the AHL level, like you mentioned, and a, a draft pick that seems like it could be a, a pretty decent pick. And I think, you know, it, it could do quite a bit in, in terms of shaking things up with the rest of this trade season for, you know, give or take the next month. And, and I think that could potentially be a really good pickup for the Canucks. I mean, just adding the, this youthful talent that isn't NHL ready yet, but they don't really need him to be. He has time to develop and continue to grow his game and then. In theory, when the Canucks are back to a competitive level and maybe two, three, four seasons, you know, Ratu is only going to be 23, 24. And, and, and in theory, at that point, he should be well developed and hopefully contributing to whatever efforts they've put forth to be competitive in the Western Conference yet again. So yeah, we all knew the Bo, the Bo Horvat trade was coming, and it, it seems like they got a pretty decent return 
uh, for sending off, you, you know, one of the best players they've had in a while. And, and obviously their captain. I mean, that's a pretty big hole to fill in the locker room and in the organization, especially one that seems to not have a ton of direction like the Canucks do right now to be down, you know, one of your key leaders on and off the ice is that's hard to replace. But it seems like they've gotten some pretty decent turnaround uh, for, you know, moving on from Bo Horvat. Uh, I mentioned here that uh, Aturatu had a little bit of a tough year in his draft year in 2020-2021 with Carpat in the in La Liga, which is or not La Liga, that is a soccer league <laughs> in Liga, uh, which is the the Finnish uh, elite league or the former Finnish elite league in 35 games with Carpat, three goals, three assists, six points. The following year. At Ukrit in uh, Liga, he had 41 games played, 13 goals, 27 assists, 40 points. So maybe a situation of being in the right well situation for him, or or what are the whatever that may be. This is still a guy who was slated to go top three, top five, top ten for a very long time. I think this is uh, when he was selected in the fifty second round. I thought this was a steal. I think this is a great move for Vancouver. Maybe again, uh, we talked about setting the market price. Maybe this does kind of set the market for everybody else. Maybe they look at Ratu and go, mm-hmm, hmm, hmm. we have better prospects or whatever that may be. You can start to, to, to uh, uh, kind of make your moves from here on out. Either way, we have our first Big move, really, of the year. I'm going to give Clean Costin the uh, the only move, really, of the year so far. That's worthwhile. But Bo Horvat, New York Islander. I don't know if I expected to say that at all. <laughs> Either way, there's going to be a lot of players from here on to the March 3rd trade deadline that will be finding new homes. Dane and I are making the case for one player who will be the next player on the move next. But first, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. We are really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America. FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun, and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57. Yes, Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything, including the money line to point spreads, to who will even score the touchdown to a scoring a touchdown or the next touchdown. Either way, somebody scoring a touchdown and my tongue is getting locked up. Now we know that my bet or my call for the Super Bowl this year was the San Francisco 49ers and the Cincinnati Bengals. 
That didn't happen. <laughs> that uh, that uh, was an upsetting Sunday. That is for sure. So I am going to stop talking about the NFL bets. And we are going to talk about the NHL odds for tonight as we are only a couple days away from the All-Star break. Only a couple of games still going here. And mostly... Eastern teams playing still, but the Los Angeles Kings getting some action tonight against the Carolina Hurricanes. There's some underdogs on the money line here, plus 168, where the Hurricanes are minus 205 favorites. What are we doing here? Dane, we're at Western Conference, guys. What are these numbers here for the LA Kings? I, I don't know. They must be... Uh taking into account that home ice advantage for the Canes. It's a tough place to play in. And, you know, the Kings uh, have trouble stopping the puck from going in the back of the net, minus nine goal differential. So maybe maybe they know a little bit more than, than, uh, than meets the eye. <laughs> yeah, and they certainly know more than I do. Either way, the FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at fanduel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That is fanduel.com slash Locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Alrighty, Dane, we talked about the first big move and the first big fish coming off the market in Bo Horvat with the trade. But as mentioned, there's a lot of time between now and March 3rd. So there's still time for the next trade to be made. Dane, who do you think? We are going to have a little bit of a, a city hall, town hall, or whatever they call it, of uh, trades here. Dane, I am going to ask you who you think will be the next Western Conference player traded this year. Make the case why. Be absolutely get your best uh, uh, Atticus Finch out and just go full out. Tell me why you think this player is getting traded, where they're getting traded to. It doesn't have to be exact. This isn't a prediction, but I want to know who you think will be the next player traded, and I'll give you mine. Yeah, I, there's a lot of ways that we can go with this, and I, I kind of went back and forth, but I think at the end of the day, it might be the the, the safe answer or an easy answer, but I, I do think, especially after another Pacific team like Vancouver makes a move, I think Timo Meyer could be on his way out of San Jose very, very soon. <laughs> oh, I, I see. I, I knew that that was going to happen. I was like, I bet one of both of us has Timo Meyer. Yeah. And there, I almost went with uh, John Klingberg out of Anaheim, but mm. I, I, he just doesn't quite pack the same star power punch in my eyes as, as Meyer with 48 points, 28 goals, 20 assists. And, I think with Meyer, you have to take into account that he, he's rumored to go to a lot of different Eastern Conference teams. And now you have the Islanders. And while they're sitting on the outside of a playoff spot looking in, that, that now that they have Bo Horvat, you have to imagine that the, in theory, that they're going to get maybe a little bit better, score a few more goals, pick up that offensive production that they've been so desperately missing at 55 points. And they're only, okay, only two points out of a playoff spot. So not too far removed. But you have to imagine other teams in the Metro division are taking this into account. And 
want to bolster their rosters as well to make sure there's separation between themselves and the Islanders as well as the other teams in the division. And so I've seen it rumored a lot, and I think it makes a lot of sense that the New Jersey Devils are going to be shopping Timo Meyer. They they already have a pretty solid offense this season. Jack Hughes, Jesper Bratt, Nico Heischer. It's a very, very good young team, and I think they could also benefit from it's weird calling Timo Meyer a veteran because he's not a very old player, but he has been around for a little bit now and clearly can hold his own on on this San Jose team. And I think it makes a lot of sense. The, the specifics of the trade, I'm not entirely sure because I'm not very familiar with New Jersey's prospect pool, but you, you have to imagine with the young talent they've already developed that they probably have some other good guys in the wings that could get moved as well as draft picks. Uh, you can't imagine, I mean, a first round pick could probably do some good for the Devils, but if they're going to finish top three in their division and make the playoffs, it might not be as valuable. Whereas you can flip that first round pick for a guy like Meyer, who in theory helps you make a little bit deeper run in the playoffs and bolsters the roster a little bit. And so that's my prediction for Timo Meyer. I think he gets sent to the New Jersey Devils, and I think maybe sooner rather than later, because the Sharks are probably looking at that haul that the Canucks got, and they thought, oh, we could probably get some of that if not more. Uh, and so you have to imagine the Sharks, who are in a similar position to the Canucks, are pretty excited to acquire picks, prospects, things of that nature in order to boost their capital for the future. Well, you want to you wanna play in the market, don't let the market play you kind of deal, hey? And I, I, I like that kind of maybe urgency you kind of set with the San Jose Sharks where if that is the market price that is obvious for maybe not an exactly linear player in Timo Meyer, but a very similar player. And at least when it comes to the trade market now, he is a very similar player. So now you're sitting here and going, okay, they got a player, a pick and a prospect in that deal. You mentioned New Jersey. You know what? I like their uh, prospects here. Now, I know guys like Luke Hughes won't be a part of that deal. There's no way they can let Luke Hughes be a part of that deal. Maybe a guy like Sha uh, Shakir Mukmadulin, uh, Alexander Holtz, maybe I've seen thrown around in a potential deal for him. I don't mind their their prospects. I could really see that, and Nemich being the only other player that or prospect that I don't see them uh, really parting from. Other than that, most of them I could see them moving. Even how about a, a, a goaltender as well uh, going in there? In uh, they have Ty Brennan, Nico Dawes. They have uh, some pretty interesting uh, goaltending prospects, and uh, uh, I believe Garrett as well, Dylan Garrett. So they have some. Pretty interesting prospects. I could see that. And again, just kind of setting that the market has been set. You know what the price of players is now, especially in a player like uh, uh, Bo Horvat slash Timo Meyer. So, yeah, no, I can see it. I am fully behind a Timo Meyer deal happening basically any time now. I'm happy we got this Bo Horvat deal, but Timo Meyer, no, absolutely. Now, I'm in a bit of a interesting pickle, maybe we can say. Now, I wanted to say Timo Meyer too, because that seemed, it does seem like that is the most 
not obvious, but it just makes the most sense. You know, he, he is a very similar type player in Bo Horvat. Uh, he can uh, score goals nearly next to Will. Uh, so you you can have a, a player who can go out there, score goals, and be a very helpful player in the playoffs. My next player who I think will end up getting moved I'm not going defenseman. You mentioned John Klingberg. And I was also then thinking maybe Jacob Chikrin. But I think Chikrin's going to be a deadline deal. I think that's going to be not necessarily last minute, but mm, pretty close. My next trade is for Vladimir Tarasenko. Vladimir Tarasenko and the St. Louis Blues. We talked about with the St. Louis Blues just a couple of weeks ago about where the St. Louis Blues are. It's time to crap or get off the pot, basically, for the St. Louis Blues. And now we're sitting here and we're going to talk more about the uh, uh, Central Division in a little bit. In fact, we're going to talk about the St. Louis Blues as well. But the Blues... 49 points, basically not necessarily in a battle with the, the Arizona Coyotes here, but they have a player coming back in Ryan O'Reilly that is almost sure to get moved as well. I think that is also a deadline deal. I have Tarasenko being the first player going because now they kind of see the market on. I, I would say, I mean, you know, Bo Horvat's goal total so far this year is much higher than Vladimir Tarasenko's, but you know what Tarasenko can bring to a team. I have him moving first, not only setting the market or, or, or following the market for the St. Louis Blues, but also kind of setting the market of sorts for the St. Louis Blues, not for everybody else, but for the St. Louis Blues. I mentioned they have to move Ryan O'Reilly. Potentially, there may be even more. I could see, keep it on the hush-hush, maybe a guy like Colton Pareko going as well. They uh, Craig Berube just had a little bit of a spat with Pareko. We'll talk about what just happened in Winnipeg as well. But... I could see them kind of setting the market with Vladimir Tarasenko, sending him to a team like mm, the Calgary Flames, maybe? I don't know. But just having a player who can kind of set the pace for an offense, set the pace for a team that really needs some sort of offensive kick and start kickstart almost the 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 deadline for not only the blues but whoever he ends up getting traded to so i have vladimir tarasango my kind of out to lunch here my kind of just old man yells at cloud here or what do you think <laughs> I, I i like that move i think that's a very underrated move just because of the blues being in this weird space where they're not a good enough team to be considered in the playoff conversation but they're also not in the basement of the league with, you know, your, your Anaheim's and Arizona's and Chicago's of the world. So they're just kind of in no man's land right now. And I think that the, a lot of their players also fall under that umbrella, like Tarasenko, who, you know, like you said, way, way less production than Horvat with only 10 goals as a, I think Horvat has 31, but I think there's still some value there for a guy that's, you know, been to the Stanley cup finals, who's won a Stanley cup. And, yeah, like you said, I think Calgary would be an interesting fit. They're a team that's looking for a little bit more stability in the lineup, and I think you add a veteran to that group, and I, I don't know. I, I think you also have to I, – I, this literally just popped in my head as I said that. 
you have Nazem Kadri on that team who, you know, had some run-ins with the St. Louis Blues in the playoffs. So is there, you know, would there be something there that prevents that trade or do they still make that trade? And is the locker room chemistry, you know, thrown out of thrown out of whack and thrown out of, you know, a, a peaceful or whatever we might consider peaceful in the NHL for a locker room environment? I think that's something to consider. But yep. yeah, I think Tarasenko could certainly be on the move. And, and I'd be curious to see where he goes, because you can't imagine the Blues are going to be looking to deal to a central division team to, you know, give them the upper hand in, in the regular season or the postseason. So yeah. I think a Pacific division team definitely does make sense, though. And, and just to wrap up, I, I think you make a really good point where people are going, oh, they're professionals. That type of stuff never happened. It happens more than you think. Uh, just recently this year, Ryan Reeves traded to the Minnesota Wild and the Edmonton Oilers were very heavily linked to Ryan Reeves. We had a lot of people around here close to the team as well. Not, necess not necessarily, excuse me, saying it's a done deal, but it was at the time when the Edmonton Oilers were on their uh, East Coast swing. And a lot of people were going, don't be surprised if the Edmonton Oilers come home with Ryan Reeves. However... The thing that also started coming up was that, yes, the Edmonton Oilers might get Ryan Reeves, but Ryan Reeves has had a little bit of a spat in the past with Evander Kane. Now we know that uh, Ryan Reeves was then sent to the Minnesota Wild, and what I have heard is that one of the hesitations on acquiring uh, Ryan Reeves for the Edmonton Oilers. Yes, they were having guys like Kaleem Kostin stepping up down lower in the um, uh, lineup. By the way, second shout out for Kaleem Kostin on this episode. Uh, <laughs> but it was also because of the relationship or lack thereof between Ryan Reeves and Evander Kane. Pretty real stuff when it comes to acquiring a player. You want to keep that sort of culture, a good culture, or, or one that is passable in your locker room uh, the same way because that's a very important thing. You want to play for the guy next to you, not so much uh, anything potentially worse. Either way, let's wrap up the trade conversations there. As mentioned, Bo Horvat to the New York Islanders and could Timo Meyer and Vladimir Tarasenko be the next two players on their way out. Either way, as mentioned, we'll wrap up the uh, trade talk and we'll wrap up today's episode with a little bit of central talk as where do the Winnipeg Jets currently sit and why is there a weird little question mark around the Winnipeg Jets who sits second? In the win uh, in the central division, I almost said the Winnipeg division. In the central division, we will talk about that in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started using AG1 because I wanted to better my gut health, optimize my immune system, and I wanted to take a supplement that wasn't just so many pills, so many pills. And that is exactly what I get with AG1. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, Whole food source superfoods, probiotic, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, 
aging, all of the things, Dane, all of the things. I can't believe that that long of a list AG1 helps out with. Either way, it's also lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it also contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, all while still tasting great. It costs less than $3 a day. You are investing in your health and it is cheaper than your cold brew addiction. I would know. I may have uh, stopped by a certain coffee shop today. Either way, Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and is recommended by professional athletes. Right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It is just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That is it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Speaking of insurance, Dane, the new, I almost called them the New York Jets. The Winnipeg <laughs> Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 baby, are currently sitting second in the Central Division, 32-19 and one overtime loss. They are sitting with 65 points, one point behind. I don't know if you ever heard of the Dallas Stars. Maybe you have, Dane, I don't know. But... I was watching the game last night between the Winnipeg Jets and the St. Louis Blues, and the broadcast broadcast kept making it sound like the sky was falling for the Winnipeg Jets. I will get into a little bit why they were saying the Winnipeg Jets' sky is falling there in a city that may need the sky to fall to maybe make it look pretty. Hey, it's pretty in the <laughs> summer, guys. Come on. Either way, Dane, what do you think about the potential of the Winnipeg Jets maybe faltering at some point this year, or do you think this is just hogwash? I, I think it's a little bit of both. I, I The Jets are a team that took a ton of people, including myself, by surprise. I think I had them finishing sixth in the Central Division, and I remember even talking with Harrison over at, at Locked On Jets doing you know the Central Division season previews, where you know we did a crossover with every show. So I talked to you know all seven other Central Division shows, and he, yeah, even he was like, yeah, this team could maybe you know at at best be a top three team, but could also very well miss the playoffs. I just don't think anyone had any sort of expectations for this squad new, you know, they lose, uh, Barry Trotz or no, Barry Trotz was supposed to come there. didn't come there after being let go from the Islanders. He doesn't come. They get Rick bonus who, you know, stars fans know as good of a coach and respected of a man as he is like, wasn't getting the job done in Dallas. Although he did all he could uh, as the interim in 2019 and the, you know, almost took the team to the Stanley cup, so on and so forth. But I mean, that happens. Uh, you know, you take the the captaincy from Blake Wheeler, Pierre Luc Dubois seemed like he was going to potentially walk in the off season and 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 go somewhere else. But 
here they are, like you said, second in the Central Division, only a, a point behind the Dallas Stars. And I, I, I think, you know, as good of a year as they've had, everyone kind of keeps waiting for, like you said, the sky to fall to say, is this really sustainable or, or is this team just kind of hitting, you know, you know, new coach, new newfound chemistry in the locker room? And, and is the gas eventually going to run out or is this truly, you know, a team that, that can make the playoffs at where they're at, a top three team in the Central? and maybe even potentially make a run. It's one of the most peculiar things we've seen this season, a team that I don't think anyone was really talking about going into the year, and now here they are with maybe the best goalie in the NHL in Connor Hellebuck, maybe the best defenseman in the NHL this season in Josh Morrissey, who is at, what, two goals last night against the Blues? And, Not bad. And, I mean, it, and yeah, him and Mark Shifley both getting two goals, and it, it's guys like Shifley as well. He's having a great season. Blake Wheeler, not the captain, you know, by the C on his jersey, but I think still playing a crucial role with, role with this team, and that's that's really what it is. I think it's just a group of guys, none of them necessarily superstars in the league, but they do their jobs and they do it well. And I, I mean, I think there could be some truth to you know sometimes things just you know end and run out. I mean, we saw, we saw teams like Philadelphia get off to a really hot start this season, and now they've kind of teetered out to where where we expected them to be. I don't think Winnipeg will necessarily fall out of a playoff spot. I think they've done too well to lose that positioning. But it wouldn't surprise me if we see some sort of regression at some point, although I don't think it would be anything too significant. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Now, the, the Winnipeg Jets have had injury issues uh, so far this year, whether some guys have missed time, especially Nick Ehlers as well. I mean, you talked about Blake Wheeler. We're not going to specifically talk about the or the injury that he had. But let's just say it was a very difficult injury, especially oh, yeah. one below the belt. Yeah, that one. Uh, <laughs> but last night, uh, you did mention as well, the Winnipeg Jets did beat the St. Louis Blues. Four to two, all four of the Jets goals coming in the fourth or the fourth period, the third period, excuse me, they didn't go to overtime and you can't score four goals in overtime. Either way, all four goals for the Jets coming in that fourth period or third period. I don't know where I'm getting this fourth period from. Either way, the final period of the game, they had to come back from two nothing down. Now. I am a, a subscriber to The Athletic, Dane. I don't know if you've ever heard of The Athletic, but it's a pretty good little... It, it, it's very niche. I don't know if you ever heard of it. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm a big fan of The Athletic, and uh, Murat Eights from The Athletic wrote uh, a very good article on uh, what's going on with the Jets and how it uh, changes their approach at the trade deadline. And the first portion... Of this article says the Jets' struggles look real. I'm not sure to what degree exhaustion has played a role, how much to attribute to injuries, and how much to read into Rick Bonus's Saturday night assertion that the Jets still had a lot of work to do, even when they were winning. Now, I thought that was an interesting little note because I went back to the Jets' last couple of games. On uh, January 19th, last Thursday, uh, 4-1 loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs. A 5-1 win to the Senators on January 21st, which was, I mean, you better win that one. But then, 5-3 win over the Flyers. 2-1 loss to the Predators. 3-2 loss to the Sabres. And then in the replay against the Flyers, a 4-0 loss. 
Now, I mentioned it's very interesting that they bring up while they were winning. I mentioned that they have had injuries in the past. Right now, as of recording this, their only injuries are Mason Appleton, David Gustafson, and Dylan DeMello. Obviously, that doesn't mean guys like uh, Nick Ehlers hasn't been injured. I think they have been saved by probably the Vesna favorite right now in Connor Hellebuck. But all the teams behind the Jets right now currently have games in hand. Uh, as mentioned, the Jets have 52 games played. The Wilds have 48. The Avalanche have 48. The Predators have 48. All teams who are relatively in striking distance. You can probably stop it at the, at the Avalanche. But my issue for the Winnipeg Jets becomes, what if the move that they do make at the deadline is the wrong move. What if the move that they make is a move that maybe would help them in the three games that they lost rather than the games in the future? Then maybe it's a backline issue. Then all of a sudden your defenseman room is a little more crowded. You can't put out the players that you want to, blah, 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 blah. This starts getting bigger of an issue than it actually should be. The interesting thing as well in this uh, article is that Bonus cemented or, or doubled down on his comments saying, it doesn't just mean on the ice. That could be a very, very important note when it comes to later on in the season. It's not just on the ice. It was weird seeing uh, Paul Maurice leaving Bonus comes in. A lot of people are going, ah, oh, we don't want anything to do with this organization. Blah, 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 blah. You're living in Winnipeg for six months. I get it. <laughs> but could there be more than just the stuff that is happening on the ice? We heard Mark Shifley go at the end of last year. I have to talk to my agents and the team. And we'll see. We'll go from there. Pierre-Luc Dubois is not suiting up for the Winnipeg Jets next season. We know that it's his last year as a Winnipeg Jet. So my concern now over the Winnipeg Jets doesn't stop it this season. My concern for the Winnipeg Jets comes for the season's following. As mentioned, Pierre-Luc Dubois is leaving. Do we know the state of Mark Shifley? Do we know you can keep going on? Josh Morrissey is going to need more money in the offseason, or maybe not this offseason, but is going to need more money. You can go down their list, and at times, their lineup has been bad. Do you think that this could be an issue that doesn't only follow this season, but following seasons as well? Uh, definitely. And, and I think that's it sounds just like something that would happen to Winnipeg where they have this great season and then going into next year, people will be really high on them. And then we very well could see what was expected of them this year, where they're just maybe a middle of the pack below average team, because like you said, they, they could look very, very different. Just looking at cap friendly, it looks like more than half of their forwards are going to be free agents next year, whether that's restricted or unrestricted. You know, Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, Morgan Barron. I, I mean, all these guys, and some of these guys are names that I'm not super familiar with and guys that aren't getting paid a ton of money and guys that aren't necessarily producing a ton in the lineup. It's, I think it's a very top-heavy lineup with, you know, Kyle Connor, 
Blake Wheeler, Mike, Mark Scheifele, Josh Morrissey. And then after that, it's just kind of like some, some regular guys that can get the job done on some nights, but it's not a team that that's just going to blow you away night after night. It's a roster that can get shut out by the Philadelphia Flyers, which you don't see very often, let alone from a team that is second in their division, second in the conference and potentially gunning for a top spot. So I, I, yeah, I think it's something that could maybe be an issue this season as time goes on, but the future makes me unsure. And this Jets team is also just in such a weird space at the deadline because they actually have a decent amount of cap space, $5.2 million, which is a lot of money in at the current state of the NHL. I know for the stars, I think they only have like 1.5 million in cap space right now. So they, they could go out and make a big, big move, but it's more than just, it's likely I, I say more than just selling this player that you want to get for this season. You would just have to think it'd be more than a rental. I, I mean, cause I think this jets team is good, but I don't think that they're by any means a, a favorite to win the cup. And so you have to maybe sell this player to, to come and live in Winnipeg, move their family to Winnipeg, to be a part of this team for the foreseeable future. And I just don't know how enticing that would be for, you know, any player that that's potentially going to be moved here in the next month. Yeah. Living in Winnipeg, uh, can confirm not enticing, uh, either way, just to wrap up, uh, Dane, do the Winnipeg jets make the playoffs? I don't know what that was. Some music playing there. I think like a Ooh, got a little <laughs> got a little bit of La Bamba going, eh? No, uh, <laughs> I just wanted to wrap up quickly on uh, what do you think if you think the uh, Winnipeg Jets do make the playoffs? I, I think they will. Uh, again, I think they've done too much up to this point to miss. I, I think, I mean, if they do miss, I, I wouldn't be entirely shocked. But I'm just looking, especially at the rest of the Central. I think Colorado probably finds a way into the top three and Minnesota might could stick around. So I think they'll get in whether or not they'll be a top three team in the division is still up for grabs. I think they could slip into a wild card spot, but I think they'll get in. I think they'd get in over a Nashville. And I think that's kind of the cutoff line. If you're looking at the Western conference playoff picture, Nashville with 54 points and the next team closest to them is St. Louis at 49. And I don't necessarily see St. Louis climbing out of the pit that they're in. So I think that there's, a small enough amount of teams that they, that they can make it in. And I think they will. I agree. I agree. Either way for all of your jet stuff, you mentioned Harrison, make sure you check out locked on uh, Winnipeg jets for Harrison's take on what is going on with the Winnipeg jets. That goes for all the teams. We talked about the Canucks Gill over at uh, locked on Islanders does a fantastic job. And uh, speaking of which Hattie, over at Locked On NHL Prospects. I'm sure he has a little something on Atu Ratu as well. Either way, let's wrap it up there. Dane, where can the people find you? As always, people can find me on Twitter at Dane double underscore Lewis. They can find any and all stars information at Locked On Stars. You mentioned uh, The Athletic. I'm a big supporter of The Athletic as well. Actually just had Saad Youssef, who covers the stars for The Athletic, on today's episode. So you can find that on your podcasting platform of choice or YouTube. We, uh, at the end made hockey starting lineups out of Brooklyn nine, nine characters. Cause <laughs> Saad Yusuf will, uh, af- after every stars game, he'll tweet a GIF reacting to the game based on a, a TV show. And this season it's Brooklyn nine, nine. So we, uh, we built some, some hockey lineups out of characters from that show. 
It is a ton of fun. So if that's something that would interest you, be sure to uh, to check that out either, again, on YouTube, Locked on Stars, or your podcasting platform of choice. That certainly interests me. That's really cool. Um, but you can find me at the real Holden 40 on everything. That is Twitter, Instagram. I think my Spotify is also the real Holden 40. Yeah, I have a couple of bangers. I'm just saying, just, but you don't care about on the Spotify wrapped all the all the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Hey, I always have the best Spotify wrapped of all my <laughs> friends. I just it's it's always a bragging right. Either way, you don't care about me, you care about the Edmonton Oilers, and you can find Locked On Oilers at Locked On Oilers on Twitter, and you can find us on YouTube, uh, Locked On Oilers. They're exactly how it sounds. I got lucky. Plus, you get to see some really cool jerseys. Either way, let's wrap it up there, folks. We are heading into the All-Star break. We're going to have some All-Star talk next week, I am sure, as the All-Star game comes up this weekend. Either way, let's wrap it up there, folks. Have a wonderful day and stay safe.